This is the Major League Podcast. Welcome in. So happy to have everybody listening in tonight, today, whenever you're listening in. If you're listening in on Crossover Radio Sports, this is Sports with a Purpose. Thank you for listening in. If you're listening on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker Podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, or Radio Public, would also like to thank you for listening in as well. For those of you listening in on Crossover Radio Sports, good morning. We've got a pretty good show for you guys here tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're listening. Just want to give a couple of uh, program alerts of what might be coming up. What will be coming up. Um, If you guys follow me, at all. You'll, uh, you, you've seen that I uh, posted all the links as far as where you can go and find, uh, find my podcast, uh, at JakeMajor25 if you want to listen in. I will encourage you guys, um, the, uh, station that I'm part of, Crossover Radio, we have um, our sports half of things, man, guys, it's really good. Got lots of good sports content on there. Download the CR Sports on whatever you guys use for your phone. If it's Apple or Google, go to your respective app store and download the free app. You don't have to pay any money for it. It's free. But to let you guys know, coming soon, SoundCloud. Also coming soon, Patreon. So what does that mean for you? So what does that mean for me? Well, what that means for me is it gives me another platform to put my podcast on. And another thing it's going to do is with Patreon, it allows you guys to help me out for when I put content out. Now that content could be, you know, I find a catchphrase that I really like and I decide to go with it and you guys can buy shirts, put it on a mug. I don't care. Tell me what you want, I'll do it. We'll find a way. Because, listen, anything I get from this, I can tell y'all, it will be going right back into this. It's not going to be something where I take it and I, you know, take the wife out for a nice meal. Nah, it's coming back here. (laughs) Probably going to catch a lot of heat for that. Um... So, uh, like I said, we got a pretty good show here for us today. And where we are going to start with is, well, you know, how can you not start with... How can you not start with the NFL? It's the king of sports in the United States. <laughs> so we're just going to do a quick little wrap-up. And I want to put a caveat. When I'm recording this, there's about 4 minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter of the Raiders-Broncos game. Raiders are leading 24-9. Derek Carr is having himself a game. I'm going to tell you guys that. I don't I don't need to uh, wait in the future and wait for that final. He's having himself a game. 21-25, 249 yards, one touchdown. That's a heck of a game. That's a heck of a game. Yeah. 
So we're actually going to start on Thursday night because um, I think it's important uh, that we start on Thursday night because it was the start of the season. How can you not start at the start of the season? So on Thursday night, the Packers went to the Bears and they uh, played a pretty boring game if you ask, excuse me, if you ask me. It, it really wasn't that great of a game to sit down and watch, but it's football. It's AF, it, it's NFL football. Who cares? 10 to three Packers win. Mitch, uh, Mitchell Trubisky went uh, 26 of 45, 224 yards and an interception. Uh, he was your top pass performer of the of the day of the uh, game. Um, Aaron Jones for Green Bay, 13 carries, 39 yards, was your leading rusher. And Allen Robinson of Chicago, seven receptions, 102 yards, as your leading receiver. Now, I'm going to get into this game just a little bit more than I am pretty much all the rest of the other games. There is one other game I will deep dive into, and let me tell you, uh, I'm I'm going to not be very happy about this one and if you're one of the guys on twitter that follows me uh that you know any of the browns guys listen then we'll get into that game that's the game we're getting into but rushing there's 93 total yards this is the nfl 93 but let me repeat that again 93 total yards of rushing I mean, it's, this is professional football. Like, we shouldn't have 467 yards of passing and 93 yards of rushing. This is the best of the best. Now, credit, this game was just, like I said, awful to watch. One touchdown, two field goals. That, that's, what, that's what Thursday night was. And Thursday night football is already not very good. You you can't have something like that for week one. <laughs> but alrighty, so this is not an order, so it's just an order that I'm coming upon it. Um, but we're gonna actually finish with the Browns and Titans. But we're gonna we're gonna go down the list on how ESPN has them ranked on my ESPN. I'm I follow the Cowboys and the Vikings and the Steelers and the Browns, so they got all thrust up to the top here. Um, so, speaking of the Cowboys, how about them Cowboys? 35-17 over the Giants. Uh, looked really good. Dak Prescott, 25-32, 405 yards, four touchdowns. Looked really good. So did Michael Gallup, seven receptions, 158 yards. I mean, listen, there's nothing that you can point at what Dallas was doing. They did everything well. About the only thing you could probably point and say, oh, that wasn't very good, was the rush game. But Ezekiel Elliott also did spend the entire off-season in Cabo, quote-unquote, training. I did the air quotes, too, in case you missed it, because you guys can't see me. Um, Mari Cooper, six catches, 106 yards and touchdown. Um, Eli Manning, 30 of 44, 306 yards and touchdown, so not a terrible game. He had a 95.5 passer rating, but a 22.4 QBR. Not not very good. Uh, Dak Prescott had a 158.3 rating, which is in NFL terms, a perfect passer rating. Um, and he also had a 97.4 QBR. So, 
pretty good day for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys um, as they beat the rival, but I don't really expect the Giants to win a lot of games this year, so um, we'll see how that goes. Um, so the Vikings, they win 28-12 uh, over the Falcons. Matt Ryan, 33-46, 304 yards, two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 21 yards, 111 yards. 21 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns, looked awesome. And then Austin Hooper was the leading receiver with nine receptions, 77 yards. Um, let's go to the Steelers and Patriots. Steelers went to the Patriots 33 and, and came out 33-3 losers. As Tom Brady throws for 341 yards and three touchdowns, Rex Burkhead for 44 yards, and Philip Dorsett, four reception, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, but really kind of a key thing in this is Josh Gordon was um, in this game. Three catches, 73 yards and touchdown, averaged 24.3 per catch with a long of 44. So, guys, he's still going to be that burner that everybody expects. Put him next to Antonio Brown. That's going to be a hard duo to cover. It really is. By the way, Pittsburgh, 32 total yards of rushing in case you were wondering. Ben Roethlisberger had an 18.2 QBR, 27 of 47, 276 yards, zero touchdowns and a pick. Ooh, they looked bad. They looked really bad. I didn't watch that entire game, so I'm no expert on this, but when you only score three points, not very good. And when you have, what was it? What'd I say, 27? Was it 27 total yards? 32 total yards of rushing offense. That's not good. All of Thursday night outran the Steelers. And remember, I am watching this game live still. There's about two minutes and 15 seconds left in, in the fourth quarter. And Denver just scored a touchdown to make it 24-16. So there is a ball game. They have two timeouts left. They have the uh, upcoming uh, two-minute warning. So they still have a chance to get this to overtime. Speaking of overtime, let me find the game. How about Kyler Murray? They had no business winning this game. They scored 18 points in the fourth quarter to come back and tie it at 24. And I thought in both possessions that, that the uh, Cardinals had, I thought they were going to score. That It just had that feel. They're going to go score. They're going to go score. Nah, but they didn't. So that game ended up a tie. Uh, Cardinals-Lions, 27-27 tie. So, very disappointing. I, I was, I was kind of hoping uh, Kyler could uh, notch his first win. Um, but going down the list uh, some more, another team that looked really good was the Ravens, 59-10 over the Dolphins. Uh, by the way, if you're a Miami fan, I'm just going to warn you, your team is tanking for Tua. Hashtag tanking for Tua. It's a thing. Don't believe me? Fine. Whatever. Uh, but Mark, uh, Marquise Brown, four receptions, 147 yards, two touchdowns, looked really good. The Bills uh, upset the Jets in the fourth quarter, um, scored 17, basically 17 unanswered points. Won the game 17-16. Josh Allen, 254 yards and a touchdown. 
the Eagles beat the Redskins. Uh, Darren Sproles, yeah, the same Darren Sproles. 47 yards on nine carries, and Deshaun Watson, 154 yards and two touchdowns in his return to Philly. Uh, Cam Newton almost uh, pulled the upset against the Rams. Uh, went for 239 and an interception, but... Unfortunately, nothing that uh, Carolina did was good enough as the Rams win 30-27. The Chiefs win 40-26. Patrick Mahomes, 378 yards, three touchdowns. Key note in this game, Tyreek Hill went to the hospital with uh, his shoulder injury, so that's something to keep keep an eye on moving forward. Uh, The Colts almost pulled the upset on the Chargers. They looked really good, but didn't have enough of the tank to pull it out um, in overtime as they lose 30-24, and really it was, it's it's the same NFL overtime rules that kind of screwed them, but Phillip Rivers, 333 yards, three touchdowns. Um, the Bengals, Bengals look good. 21-20, the one point loss to the Seahawks. Andy Dalton, 418 yards, two touchdowns. I was joking with my Bengals fan at, at work in said so are we expecting like a two win year or something he said nah they're gonna actually be pretty good watch out man and they dang near almost uh seattle dang near drop one uh the 49ers win over the buccaneers 31 17 same old famous Jameis, as he he just did not look very good at all and the fact that he's still a starter kind of befuddles me Uh, but george kittle eight receptions 54 yards um, and Jimmy Garoppolo's actual first game from being hurt as well, too. Um, he went 18-27, to 166 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. So not a very good game, but not, not terrible. Then we're going to go to the Monday night game here with the Saints and Texans. Wow, that was so good. It was such a good game. Can we get a Deshaun Watson and Drew Brees matchup every time? Alvin Kamara, 97 yards. Michael Thompson, 123 yards. Drew Brees, 370 yards. Two touchdowns and a big. It was a really good game, in case y'all missed it. And like I said, the Raiders-Broncos, 24-16. Still two minutes left in the game as I'm sitting here watching it. Alrighty, so yeah, we're going to take our, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you'll hear me real quick, Um, but if you're on Crossover Radio Sports, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back, and we're going to talk about Tennessee and and, uh, the Browns, Titans-Browns. We're going to talk about that game coming up. Uh, So this Crossover Radio, sports, sports with a purpose. And guys, this is the Major League Podcast. We'll be back after this break.
Crossover Radio Sports, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Anchor. This is the Major League Podcast. Just finished up watching the Raiders pull out the uh, 24-16 win. Guys, thanks for listening in. Hashtag Sports Podcast. Remember, coming soon, Zach Cloud, uh, SoundCloud, and Patreon. Maybe even a uh, YouTube with that. Uh, with my uh, when I finally get a good enough webcam to uh, get that rolling, so so you guys at night can watch and, and you know interact. That'd be cool. Like I said in the last segment, I'm going to echo it again. CR Sports, Crossover Radio Sports, Sports with Purpose. If you got an app, if you got a, if you got a phone that can download apps, go to your app store and download CR Sports. It's free, and you get to listen to nothing but sports all day. How cool is that? Definitely, uh, definitely uh, get a hold of that. Yeah. So I said it last segment. This segment, we're going to talk about uh, Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. I have a pretty, pretty big problem with this entire game. So we're going to get the NFL theme in the background here. There we go. Alrighty. So, here's my whole problem with this game. So, Cleveland comes out of the box. Pow. Touchdown. Austin Seibert missed missed the extra point. Wide right. Then what proceeds to happen is... Penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty on Cleveland. Anytime they got momentum. Anytime. Oh, holding 10-yard penalty. And when finally the uh, when the Browns got close enough to actually make a threat, the refs missed a holding call on the uh, Derrick Henry 75-yard screen pass. They dinged Cleveland for 18 flags for 182 yards. Think about that for a minute. Also doesn't help that your starting quarterback, um, Baker Mayfield, throws three interceptions. But 18, in, 18 penalties, guys. Think about that for a minute. 18. You cannot overcome 18 penalties. I don't care who you are. It doesn't happen. Nobody does that. 182 yards. If you take out the uh, penalty yards, at 402 total yards, 
That's how devastating that was. They had more yards than Tennessee had rushing in penalties. They had more penalties than they had on rushing yards. They only ran the ball 20 times. Threw the ball 38. They had to throw the ball. They were down the entire game. Listen, the one penalty where the dude kicked the other dude in the face, I agree with that one. That, that, that was terrible. But you cannot call one side. 18 penalties. 18. I watched the whole game. I turned it off in the third quarter because I got tired of it. I got just absolutely tired of it. You cannot call a game at the professional level. 18 penalties to six. It cannot happen. And the same way it cannot happen in the NBA is the same way it cannot happen in any other sport where they talk about where, where there are penalties and one side has like 30 penalties and the other side has two it's like saying LeBron James didn't commit a foul in basketball for three months. It's just absolutely disgusting. It's not terrible. It's not bad. It's not awful. It's disgusting. Because that right there determined the outcome of the game. Many times. That was the determining factor. And listen, Baker Mayfield, you, they showed him on the sideline. He didn't look like he was having fun. Well, you can't have fun when you're going up against the other team. You can't. Period. You can't when the other team has a team with them that can easily, easily determine the outcome of the game. Neither team were good on third down. Three for ten. Or three for twenty. Neither team could convert on third down. The problem was... Every time Cleveland got into them, third and one, third and manageable, um, they got a first down on a big play. Holding. Holding. Or any time they were about to stop Tennessee. Well, that was defensive pass interference. Oh, that was offensive pass interference on uh, Odell Beckham Jr. It was, it, it was disgusting. It was a disgusting performance to watch from the NFL referees. These are supposed to be the best of the best as far as referees go. And listen, I get it. It's week one. They still got to get the rust. They got to get the rust off. I mean, in, in the preseason, they're encouraged to throw flags for everything. They were still in preseason form. And I'm not okay with this at all. I'm not okay with this. Listen, you're on the highest level of officiating at the highest sport in the at the highest level in the sport. You cannot cannot call a game so blindfully one-sided. That's a plus 12 advantage for Cleveland on flags. You cannot do that. Listen, now there are probably a couple of them that I meant that I didn't pay then that I wasn't watching. But a lot of those hold calls they were calling were pretty weak. And I'm just going to tell you guys something. I'm, I'm more of a player fan in the NFL than I am a, a team fan. I've kind of adopted the Browns kind of as that because just it, it's, it, it goes with my favorite player. Yes, I am a Baker Mayfield fan. I was a Baker Mayfield fan in college. 
when he was at OU. I just liked Baker Mayfield. And not just because he was at OU. I liked Baker Mayfield. Dude is so fun. Can you not enjoy watching his enthusiasm for the game? Now, yeah, he does some stupid stuff. I'll, I'll agree to that. I will. I'll agree to that. But here's the problem. When you limit players to playing at half speed, you have now taken away the advantage of those players being NFL players because now they're playing scared. Now they're playing, oh, I can't do anything. I can't do this. I can't do that. If I do the, if I breathe wrong, he's going to throw a flag on me, which it almost seemed like they did in this game. Listen, Cleveland had 63 total plays and had 18 penalties. Well, 28% of their plays had flags. 28%. You can't tell me that the NFL is going to be okay with this. Listen, if I'm the GM, I'm getting on the phone and saying, you need to get me Roger Goodell on the phone. You need to get me the head of the officials on a conference call with Roger Goodell because this is ridiculous. These are supposed to be the best referees that we have in the sport, and they are just utter garbage. And we saw that again tonight with the weakest roughing the kicker call I think we've ever seen in the sport on any level. Credit, I do think it was the correct call or I think it was the correct situation for a flag, I think it should have been a running into the kicker because the guy jumped before the kick happened or as the kick was happening. I don't think this was something at all to where the guy was trying to hurt the guy. I think he he jumped trying to block the kick and couldn't get out of the way. You're midair, what do you want him to do? And it almost cost the Saints the ball game. That's how much influence these referees have. And I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with it in basketball either because they do the same things. Don't believe me? Go watch the entire NBA Finals when um, Oklahoma City made it. That entire Finals. It's the same exact things. These refs have way too much power. They have way too much influence on these games. They have way too much and there's way too much at stock. Listen, there's only 16 games. It's not like the Browns can lose four or five of these games. And the refs just pretty much put them on, hey, you pretty much got to almost win out to your bye week. It's just ridiculous. Now, I think they'll beat the Jets. They have plenty of times to fix all their mistakes and do everything that they need to do. I think they'll beat the 49ers, and I think they'll beat the Seahawks. Personally, I think they'll beat the Seahawks. I'm pulling up their full schedule so I can find their bye here real quick. But I, I'm just in utter shock of how much... It, it was bad enough that my 90-year-old grandfather, who's a Steelers fan, went, Good Lord. Can they, can they just let the guys play? Because, listen, who wants to play whenever, you know, the referees are going to say, oh, that's flag, oh, that's flag, oh, that's flag. I mean, we see it in Return of the Titans. The guys didn't want to play. And it took a coach going out there, you need to cut this crap out, or I'm going to the papers and you're going to get thrown in jail for influencing the outcome of a game. That's how bad it got. 
this was a win I had for uh, Cleveland. Now they have to pull out a win at Baltimore, Seattle, or the Rams. They need to find a win in one of those three games. Or else they're going to start the year. Let's see. I haven't beaten the Jets. I have the Rams beating them. I have the Ravens beating them. And I have the 49ers. So they're either, they're either starting 2-4 and four, or they're starting 3-3. Three and three, Going into their first bye week on October 20th. And listen, they don't have an easy schedule at all this year. After their bye week, they get New England. Uh, they go to Denver. They get Buffalo at home. They get Pittsburgh at home. They get Miami at home. They get Pittsburgh on the road. They get Cincinnati, Arizona. Uh, Baltimore at home. And Cincinnati on the road. So I have them either going 10-5 and five, or 11-5 and five, or 10-6. and six at this point now they cannot they cannot afford to lose to the Seahawks before the bye week they can't they just can't they've got to play much better and I think they will I think it might have been a lot of a lot of these offensive linemen a lot of times don't get a lot of snaps in the preseason I think that's what happened here um and I think they just got punched in the mouth now credit Tennessee played really really well they played their game and they played, and they didn't get called for all but six penalties. So, Cleveland Cleveland will be fine. I think they'll be fine. They'll be there. They'll be there at the end of the year. But if you're the NFL officiating crew, if you're the NFL officiating in general, you took a black eye this week. You took a major black eye. And it cannot happen again. Or you're going to have Roger Goodell breathing down your back saying, hey, what's going on? Alrighty, guys, I think I rambled on just about long enough here. Uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to take another break. Um, if you're listening in on Crossover Radio Sports, this has been Sports with Purpose. If you're listening in on any of the other uh, podcast uh, locations, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Anchor, thanks for listening in. That's the end of this segment. You guys will probably hear me here fairly shortly afterwards. Um, but... For those of you listening on Crossover Radio Sports, we'll see you on the other side of the break. Guys, this has been uh, the Major League Podcast. Like I said, we will be back shortly. Major League Podcast here on Crossover Radio Sports, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcast, Podca- uh, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and Anchor. But mainly here on Crossover Radio Sports because they gave me the platform. 
Welcome in. Just got done with our NFL segment. Uh, we're, we're done with NFL today. Next time you hear NFL talk, it's going to be uh, Thursday morning. For those of you on Crossover Radio, Wednesday night. For those of you listening on the podcast. Again, thank you for listening then. I appreciate it. So this segment, we're, we're going to be college football related. We're going to talk the uh, scores of the top 25 teams here. Uh, we're going to talk about how Washington should not have played that game for the same reason Oklahoma shouldn't have played that game in 2011. They each had a bye week. We'll talk about it. We'll get there. We'll talk about it. I don't want to give too much of the farm away. Uh, this segment's going to be a lot of college football. A lot of the segments going forward is going to be college football. I've got a couple tabs open up. Um, the rankings, the scores, the scores, the current rankings. We'll talk about that. Uh, this new, uh, we're going to talk about how they line up in uh, power index. Uh, this new player impact thing that ESPN's got going on. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And playoff percentage, two weeks in. That's right. We're going to talk playoffs two weeks in. And we're going to talk a little uh, Texas LSU as well, too. Kind of get the final wrap-up on that. So I'm just going to tell the uh, Texas fans that were talking noise to me on Twitter about Oklahoma being a lead or anything like that. Just remember, Texas had every opportunity to win that game early and every opportunity to win that game late. Elite teams win in those moments. Texas is I also don't think Texas is bad, so. So we'll get right into the uh, college football talk. So, all of last week started on Friday, Friday night with uh, Boise State and Marshall in a very poorly played game by Boise State, in my opinion. They should have won this game. The 14-7 score should have been the first quarter for Boise State. Um, they're lucky Marshall didn't tie it in the fourth quarter. They had like three opportunities to. But Boise didn't look very good. Um, I haven't looked at the entire ranking, but if it were me, I'd keep them right at 24. I think that's their AP rank from last week. Um, then going into uh, into the actual games here, I wasn't able to watch the Oklahoma-South Dakota game except on Twitter. Um, I was at work, so my, my, my job thinks it's fun for me to work on Saturdays. I'd, I do not share that same opinion with them. I'd, I think it sucks. I think it's terrible. But they don't listen to me, so... <laughs> Um, but Oklahoma won 70-14. to 14. Just basically what I heard is that uh, Bill Biedenboe is going to be on these dudes, and uh, they might not uh, enjoy this week very much as they uh, better come out and look dominant against UCLA. Um, that, that's pretty much all they're pretty much it. If they look anything less than that, Bill Biedenboe is probably going to pull some of those dudes. That's where I think we're at with Oklahoma's offensive line. It's at the point now, it's you either need to show up or you're on the bench. 
enjoy riding the bench. That's where we're at. That's where Oklahoma's at with their offensive lineman right now, and I think Bill Bill's going to get the best out of him. I fully believe that. But also, if they're not careful, they're gonna they're gonna find themselves in a place they don't want to be, and nobody wants to be on the bench. Uh, Florida won uh, 45 nothing over UT Martin, and if I remember right, they lost uh, Van Jefferson. Uh, and I think that was for the year. And they also maybe have lost some defensive talent. So there's some uh, storyline coming out of Florida. I still don't think they're a top 10 team. I don't think they're a top 15 team based on what we saw two weeks ago in week zero against Miami. Um, Oregon did what they were supposed to, put up 77 on Nevada, who only scored six. Justin Herbert, bounce back game, 310 yards, five touchdowns, did exactly what they needed to, get, needed to do to get that bad taste of Auburn the last fourth quarter of Auburn out of their mouth uh, as they scored 14 in the fourth. So uh, then we go over to uh, UCF. They won 48 to 14 over the fighting Lane Kiffins. Uh, Texas A&M talked early last week. Uh, one of their linemen said, yeah, we're going to be, we're going to upset Clemson. And then promptly lost 24 to 10. Trevor Lawrence found himself again, by the way, in case you guys missed it. If, you, if you've missed last week in at least the first half of this game, Trevor Lawrence really wasn't all there. He, he wasn't throwing the ball very well. He seemed like he was very into who he is and what's going on and what he has going on for himself. Uh, I, I think there was a heart-to-heart with uh, Dabo as in, hey, if you don't start performing, I'm going to start pulling you. I don't really have that kind of uh, we, we really don't have that much kind of leeway because we're getting everybody's A game nobody's giving us a B game we're getting everybody's A game so you need to show up if you don't show up stuff's going to happen and Trevor Lawrence found out real fast okay here we go let's perform Got it to Justin Ross seven times for 94 yards and a touchdown. Justin Ross is going to be a heck of an NFL receiver, guys. Uh, then Alabama did uh, everything they needed to do and then complained that their student section left early in a 62-10 blowout of New Mexico State. And then they're complaining next week that they got to play an early game. Crimea River, Alabama. Nobody cares that you have to play early. Play early, beat the opponent. Who cares? Nobody cares. That's who. Georgia State beat Murray State, or Georgia beat Murray State uh, 63-17. Ohio State beat Cincinnati 42-0. Uh, LSU, in a really good game, beat Texas 45-38. Um, I'll say this: at no point did I ever feel like Texas had the game. When it was 20 uh, 23-21, going into the fourth, it it just never felt like Texas was right there to to me. To win the game, which was obvious because they, they they let LSU score 22 more points, and LSU gave them a free touchdown there at the end of the game. Make make score look a little closer than it was, and then LSU for some reason decided to uh, mess up the onside kick, but Texas gave them the ball back anyway, so it didn't matter. Um, going to Army, Michigan. Hey, stop me if you've heard this before, but Army takes a top 10 opponent into double overtime. Stop me if you've heard that one before. 
Didn't we hear it last year with Oklahoma? And oh, Oklahoma is going to be so terrible. And oh, goodness, Michigan's going to be fine. All you people need to stop it with this Army bullcrap. They need to be ranked in top 25. I don't really care that they lost. They look like a top 25 team. They sound like a top 25 team. They need to be a top 25 team because nobody can stop that death option. Army's going to be just as good as they were last year. And Michigan, you got yourself a really darn good win right there. Auburn struggled against Tulane 24-6. Thought they're... It was close enough to sit there and go, well... What's going on here, Auburn? <laughs> um, Utah beat Northern Iowa 35-17. Um, Cal beat Washington 2019. We'll talk about this game. Um, Penn State beat Buffalo 45-13. Wisconsin beat Central Michigan uh, 61-0. Michigan State 51-17 over Western, uh, Western Michigan. Rutgers got shut out against Iowa 30-0. Um Maryland upset Syracuse 63-20. You heard me right. Maryland upset Syracuse 63-20. Syracuse might, might, might have been a little overrated. Um, Washington State blew out uh, Northern Colorado 59-17. Uh, USC, in my opinion, most stunning team in the Pac-12 right now is they won 45-20 over 23-ranked Stanford. Keldon Slovis. Might be that dude that USC was looking for instead of uh, instead of all the other guys that they've had come through since Matt Leinert. So watch out for USC. They, they they get confidence. You give blue blood confidence. This is the same thing with Texas. You give Texas confidence, they're going to run with it. Texas had confidence going into Oklahoma. They beat Oklahoma, ran with that confidence until they ran into Iowa State and Oklahoma State. Same thing with Nebraska. Nebraska got confident, uh, confidence against Ohio State last year, and they've ran with it ever since. Then Colorado happened in the fourth quarter. 34-31, uh, Colorado beats Nebraska. I'm surprised because that place was in, that place looked like it was in Nebraska. So the fact that Colorado won that game says a lot about Colorado's finish. Um, so that's a wrap-up of the top 25 scores here. Um, like I said, most most surprising games for me, um, USC, Washington, Texas. So those three games were really the ones that caught my eye, and I went, Really? Okay, if that's what we're going to say. Basically, Washington has to play undefeated from this point out. Alrighty, so what we're going to do, uh, we're gonna, if you're listening in on Crossover Radio Sports, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, we got some more college football that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to dive into these uh, AP Top 25 and Coaches Poll. Uh, that came out. We're going to talk about those, kind of discuss the differences, what I think, how I would rank, at least the top 10, and kind of my opinion on uh, why Army isn't ranked 
why Iowa State isn't ranked, why Oklahoma State isn't ranked, and why some teams ahead of them are. So guys, this has been Crossover Radio Sports, sports with a purpose. And uh, if you're listening in on any of the other podcast locations, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or Anchor, thank you for listening in. We're going to take a quick break on Crossover Radio Sports, and we'll be back after this. If you're listening on that platform, if you're listening on any of these other podcast locations, hey, go download that uh, Crossover Radio Sports app. Listen to all of our amazing shows that we have. And then jump right back over and listen listen to the next segment here. We're going to talk about uh, the about about the uh, polls in college football coming up. So, guys, this has been the Major League Podcast. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the champion of shows. You're listening to the Major League Podcast. If you're listening in on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or Anchor, I want you to do me a favor. Go to your app store. Download CR Sports. Or you can just type in Crossover Radio Sports. Tired of Jim Traber yelling at you? I get it. Tired of Sam Mays yelling at you? I get it. Tired of Andrew Gilman? I get it. You don't like Al Eshback? I get it. Hey, come over to us. Listen to our radio station. You get great sports. You get great sports commentary. And on Fridays, you get to listen to PCO. We just had our first game. They lost. You know what? They played a better team, but going in, going into Sand Springs next week. Looking for a different outcome. But alrighty, we're going to jump right back into college football here, guys. So... 
Um, the top 25 rankings came out um, for the AP poll and the top and the uh, coaches poll yesterday. I'm gonna give you all my opinions on this, what I think, how I think all the teams should lay out. You're gonna get a lot this segment. Hope you got your pen and paper ready. Alrighty, so this is your top five in the AP poll. Um, you got Clemson number one with 56 receiving votes, uh, Alabama number two with six, uh, Georgia number three, LSU number four, number five, Oklahoma. Going over to the coaches poll, we got Clemson with 60 receiving votes, Alabama with three receiving votes, Georgia, Oklahoma, and LSU in their respective top 25 and that side. Uh, going from six to ten, you got Ohio State at six, number seven, Notre Dame, number eight, Auburn, number nine, Florida, number 10, Michigan, they, who dropped three spots in their over, double overtime win against Army. Um, in the coaches poll, it goes um, Ohio State, number six, Notre Dame, Florida, Auburn, and Michigan. So you look at the top 10, the only difference they have is where they want Oklahoma. And I will we'll get into that. Um, so that's your top 10 there. So again, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Auburn, Florida, Michigan on one side. That's the AP poll. In the coaches poll, it's Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, LSU, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Florida, Auburn, Michigan as your top 10. Uh, so now this is where it's going to be a little different, where it's going to be a little, you know, kind of tricky to keep up with and tricky to kind of understand where all of it is. Um, but that's why I'm here. I'll help you out. So 11 to 15, we go on the AP side, we're going to go Utah at 11, 12 at Texas, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Oregon. That's 11 to 15, Utah, Texas, Penn State, Wisconsin, Oregon. On the coaches poll, um, Penn State's 11, Utah's 12, Texas 13, Wisconsin 14, number 15, Texas A&M. Um, so we'll go 16 to 20 before we break down the next 10 here on both sides. Uh, so 16 on the AP poll, Texas A&M, UCLA, Michigan State, Iowa, and Washington. Uh, that's uh, 16 to 20. In 16 to 20 in the coaches poll, UCF, Oregon, Iowa, Michigan State, and Washington State. That is <clears throat> that is the order that they all go into for the top from ten to twenty or from eleven to twenty. And looking at it, uh, they have the uh, coaches poll believes in Penn State more than the AP does. However, the AP still likes Texas. They both are fairly good. They both are fairly high on Utah. Uh, the coaches like Penn State a little better. Uh, Wisconsin's 14 on both polls, no problem. Uh, Oregon and Texas A&M are in weird spots. I think Texas A&M, uh, I agree with the AP on this one. I think Texas A&M is not a top 15 team. I think Oregon is a top 15 team. Um, and then UCF, um, I don't know why they're ranked. I don't know why they're ranked. And here's why. When you look at UCF and you look at what, they're, what they've got going on and what they'll have going on here coming up, I don't understand why they're ranked. They beat Florida A&M 62-0. Congratulations. You beat Florida Atlantic 48-14. Congratulations. Guess what? You're going up against Stanford next week, Pittsburgh the week after that, 
you better go 2-0 if you want to validate that ranking at all. Because right now, you don't have a better resume than Boise State. Why are you ranked 16th? You want to know why they're ranked 16th? Because they played a SEC team last year really close. And they're using the preseason poll as a basis for everything, which is a problem. And we'll get into that. Um, they kind of flip, they flip-flop Iowa, State, Iowa and Michigan State and Washington State's 20 in both polls. Uh, going down from here, uh, Maryland 21, 22 Boise State, Washington 23, 24 UC, uh, USC, and 25 Virginia. Um, that's the AP poll on the coaches poll, 20 to 25, uh, Washington, Boise State, Mississippi State, USC, and Maryland. So they don't agree on the bottom of the poll almost at all. Boise State and USC are the only consistent teams that they have there. So... consistent rankings of those teams um, is what I probably should have said. So how I see this is is I see they see the top 10 teams they're all fairly close to each other. When you look at the gap between Alabama and Clemson you look at Georgia to Oklahoma that is for sure the next tier. Um, and I, I do believe that LSU needs to be in that tier. Um, you look at the tier after that. Um, heck, I'd even throw Ohio State in that tier as well, too. I don't think Notre Dame is going to be. Is, I think Notre Dame is in that third tier all by themselves with team that teams that could potentially get in at the end of the year. That's the only team. I think Notre Dame is in tier three and everybody else is tier four or lower. As of right now, with the way you look at how the rankings are shaking out, um, I don't agree with Texas being 12. If you're going to drop Texas A&M four spots, uh, so four, they were 12. Texas was what nine? Yeah, nine. I I could be overreacting a little bit, which is. I'm, I'm not shocked that the AP poll does this quite a bit. I mean, they jumped LSU over Ohio State and Oklahoma. I mean, if you're going to jump them over those two teams for not playing anyone and you're going to jump LSU, you might as well jump them to the number one spot or number two spot because Georgia and Alabama haven't played anybody. So if you're going to jump LSU like that, you need to jump them to number two. Clemson played a top 15 team and Texas A&M. LSU beat Texas on the road. They should be number two based on how you guys like to jump people. But that's not here or there. I think the, I think the voters in this are very, very lazy. That's why I'm not a big fan of having... I mean, if you're going to have preseason polls, have them strictly for preseason. Don't use them as a base for week one or week two or week three or week four. Do not use them as a base. You need to construct your top 25 yourself. I can give you my top 10 right now. Um, Let me me pull it up. I put it on Facebook status a little earlier today. Um, Let me pull it up. Hold on. There it is. Alrighty, so 
the way you look at it, the way you have to look at it is Clemson, uh, this is how I would have it. Uh, Clemson, Bama, uh, this is one through 10 in order. Uh, Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, LSU, Notre Dame, Michigan, Utah, and Wisconsin. And here's why Michigan, Utah, and Wisconsin. Utah has a really, really good defense. They have played better teams than Florida's played, than what Auburn's played. Well, not maybe not Auburn. You maybe have an argument for Auburn in the top ten. But they've played a better schedule than most of the top ten. So is Wisconsin. Wisconsin's first game of the year, South Florida, was is not an easy, easy team to beat. And they squashed them. I think they're undervaluing Wisconsin. I think they're undervaluing Penn State. That's I would put Penn State 11. Um, let me actually write out my top 25 here for you guys. Alrighty, so like I said, I would go personally, this is how I would have it. I would have it uh, Clemson, Bama, Georgia, oh, not photo, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, let's see, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna have Notre Dame in my top 25, or my top 10, I think I'm gonna go ahead and put Auburn after Oklahoma, I'm gonna put, Oh, because I, I got to put LSU in here after Oklahoma. Actually, no, I'm not going to put Auburn in. Yeah, I'm going to put Auburn there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I would have Utah. Or no, sorry, Michigan. Utah. Penn State, Wisconsin, I would have Iowa up there, then I would have Texas. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I have Texas at 13. So I agree with the coach's poll. Um, I would go Oregon at 14. Oregon. Then I, uh, I'd go Texas A&M at 15. Losing the number ones actually on the road is not that terrible of a thing to do. Um, I'd go Michigan State. Washington State. 
Maryland. I'd have Iowa State at 19, Boise State at 20, USC 21, Oklahoma State 22, Washington 23. Here, let me move them up actually just under Boise State. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. And to round out my top 25, I would have just after okay so really i got texas at 14. Alrighty, so there you go you guys got to hear it live um as i was creating it so this is how i would rank and this is how i would do the top 25 here in college football let me uh send it to myself yes i i do that quite a bit Alrighty, so the way I have it, top five, Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Next five, LSU, Auburn, Michigan, Notre Dame, Utah. Next five after that, Penn State, Wisconsin, Iowa, Texas. Then Oregon, Texas A&M, Michigan State, Washington State, Maryland. Uh, after that, Iowa State, Boise State, UCF, USC, Oklahoma State. And then my next receiving would be Washington. So that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. So there you go. So yeah, that's my top 25. So I still have Washington ranked in the top 25. I think they got a cold deal where they had to play at 3 o'clock in the morning central time, um, which I don't think they should have been. I don't think they should have played that game at all, personally. Um, I think they should have rescheduled it. They had every opportunity to reschedule it, just like they did in 2011. So that that could have been something that was good, that that was done. Um, but there you go. You guys, you guys have heard my top 25. Um, that's how I do it through week uh, two. So guys, uh, this has been the Major League Podcast. If you're listening on Crossover Radio Sports, um, we'll take a quick break. If you're listening in on any of the other podcasts, thanks for listening in. Uh, the next time you hear me, we will be talking about the uh, football power index, the uh, player impact rating, and we will talk about the best chances to this point to make the playoffs. So this has been the Major League Podcast. Thank you for listening in.
and welcome back. This is the Major League Podcast. If you're listening in on Crossover Radio Sports, good morning. If you're listening in on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Breaker, Apple Podcast, thanks for listening in. Do me a favor the next time, uh, next time you uh, get a minute, next time you open your app store or uh, iTunes or no, it's App Store there or Play Store if you're on an Android device. Open that up and type in uh, CR Sports or Crossover Radio Sports. Download that app. Also download the Crossover Radio app. There's a bunch of great shows on that side of the platform as well. So guys, we just got done talking about uh, the top 25. You got mine live on the air um, for college football again. It was Alabama. It was Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma is my top five. I do have Oklahoma State and Iowa State ranked. I think they need to be ranked. They've been they have played good enough to be ranked. It's kind of a crime that they're not, in my opinion. So here we go. We're going to talk some more college football. You guys didn't know it would be such a college football heavy show. And that's okay. I didn't either. I didn't expect to go this many segments with college football. But we are going to take a look at the ESPN football power index for this year. Um, We're going to look at a couple of team efficiencies. We're going to look at their top ten on the power football index. Um, And... Here we go. We're going to dive right into it. Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Georgia, Penn State, Oregon, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin. Those are your top ten. And um, looking at it, they have Oklahoma strength, a schedule of 40. They have uh, the win, the chance to win out at basically 10%, 60% chance to win the conference, and they give Oklahoma 19 FPI. So they're tied with Ohio State at 8. Looking down the FPI, some uh, other Big 12 teams here. Uh, another local team, Oklahoma State. They've got a 0.01% chance to win out. They have an 8.6 chance to win the conference. They've got a 41 strength of schedule remaining. And they've got a 9.8. They're ranked 28th in FPI through two weeks. So again, uh, the top 10, Alabama at 29.9 for uh, the FPI, Clemson at 29.1, LSU at 25.5, Georgia at 21.8, Penn State at 19.7, Oregon at 19.5, Notre Dame at 19.2, at 19 even are Oklahoma and Ohio State. Then number 10 at 17.7 is Wisconsin. Uh, the team LSU beat this week, uh, Texas, has a point, has a 0.7% chance to win out, a 13.8% chance to win the conference, and a 51 strength of schedule remaining, and 116 on the uh, football power index. So the Big 12's, uh, Big 12's going to be fine, guys. If you look at the perception of the Big 12, Big, Big 12's going to be fine. 
Uh, so that was the football power index. I don't put a lot of a lot of stock into what they say. Um, then we take a look at team efficiencies, and this is why I have a Wisconsin ranked in my top ten. Wisconsin has a 98.7 overall. They have a 99.7 defensive efficiency rank. Oklahoma sitting at 15. Oklahoma State at 16. Um, Oklahoma offensively, 95.4. Oklahoma State, 90.6. Defensively, this is the highest that I've seen in this thing for Oklahoma at a 62.6. And an 86.1 overall for Oklahoma and a 85.2 overall for Oklahoma State. So these things aren't exact perfect science. Uh, the way they have it explained, team efficiencies are based on point contributions of each unit to the team's scoring margin on a per play basis. The values are adjusted to uh, for strength of schedule and down weighed for garbage time based on win probability. The scale goes from 0 to 100, higher numbers are better and the average is roughly 50 for all categories. So based on that criteria, Oklahoma's got a top 50 defense right now, guys. <laughs> you look at Oklahoma's defense, uh, they're actually sitting at 52. So no, they don't have a top 50 ranked defense. I lied. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Oklahoma's three on offensive efficiency, in case you guys were wondering. So there you go. There's the football power index. I don't put a lot of stock into what this is until near the end of the year, um, especially with those efficiency rankings. Um, so we're going to take a look at the uh, playoff percent. Um, so chance to make the playoffs at 83%. Clemson, raise your hand if you're surprised by that. None of you should be raising your hand. The ACC is awful. That should be somewhere closer to 103% for Clemson. Clemson is by far the best team in that conference, and I think they know it. They don't have to play their best football until their championship game, and they can be, still be undefeated in that time. That's how good Clemson is, and that's how awful the ACC in total is. Oklahoma is at a 24%. 3% chance to win the title. Oregon still has a 24% chance to make the playoffs. So overall, it's uh, still enough teams there for uh, Oklahoma fans to sit there and go, well, can they with this conference? Listen, Oklahoma goes undefeated. I'm going to tell you guys something. Texas has a under 1% chance to make the playoffs. Just so you guys are aware. USC has a better chance to make the playoffs than Texas right now. Texas A&M has a better chance to make the playoffs than Texas. Baylor looks like a better chance to make the playoffs than Texas right now. So guys, don't worry about the conference. The conference is going to be fine. 
Conference is fine. The Big 12 is fine. Stop freaking out about it. All you guys, well, is Oklahoma going to be able to do it this year? Can they do it with a week, with a uh, week schedule? Guys, it's Oklahoma. If they go undefeated, they have one loss, and they're going up against Oregon of the Pac-12. Guys, they're getting in. Period. They're not going to put a one-loss conference, non-conference champion in Georgia or Alabama over a conference champion Oklahoma or a conference champion one-loss Texas. It won't happen. I promise. It's not going to happen. They will not leave out a conference Power 5 champion with one loss to put in another SEC team just because there's an SEC bias. Now, I do see it being an actual conversation that they'll have, but that's just about it. All right, so enough about enough about that. Um, so we're going to actually talk about this PlayStation Player Impact Rating. Alrighty, so starting this year, ESPN does have a rating system. The PlayStation Player Impact Rating, a, a 0 to 100 number for every FBS offensive and defensive player. How do we get this number? How do we get these numbers? While no human can watch every single player on every single snap every single week and objectively rank them all, a mathematical model built by ESPN Sports Analytics can. This is from ESPN. So if you go to ESPN, click on college football, click on rankings, or hover over rankings, and you'll see the playoff impact rating. And you can read this yourself, but I'm going to keep reading it here for you guys. Um... So it's a mathematical model built by ESPN Sports Analytics Pro, uh, Department. The abridged version is, for every player, we compare his team's performance when he's on the field versus when he's off it. And then we adjust for the skill of his teammates and the opponents on every snap and consider whether each play was a run or a pass. While it's a... Think of it as a real simple plus minus scale zero to hundred just for football every week we'll list the top 50 players here after week one it's probably no surprise that a couple of dynamic alabama playmakers are right near the top of the list but some names may surprise you may surprise you keep in mind that this is a rate stat so the amount of time a player is on the field isn't really a factor um so here's the top 50 according to espn Uh, number 50, defensive tackle Zionde Johnson of Cal at a 96. Uh, defensive tackles Mild Cheatham from San Diego State at also a 96. Um, until I say otherwise, all these players are at 96. Uh, offensive tackle uh, Pinay Sewell from Oregon at 48. At 47, defensive tackle uh, Glenn Logan of LSU. Uh, 46, offensive tackle Silas Desancy 
from Virginia Tech. Uh, 45 is Anfrini, Anfrini Jenkins from Alabama. <laughs> and these are now 97s until stated otherwise um, in the ranking system. 44, Kevin, uh, Kevin Hopkins Jr. from Army. Uh, linebacker, and he's the quarterback for Army. Uh, linebacker at 43, linebacker um, Errol Thomas from uh, Mississippi State. Caleb Kim from Auburn, who is the center. Uh, Colby Parkinson from Stanford. Uh, 41, cornerback Cameron Bynum from Cal. Uh, safety Tyler Hawkins from San Diego State. Uh, safety Grant Delpit from LSU at 38. Uh, Cole Cabral from Arizona State. He's an offensive tackle. Austin uh, Diculus from LSU. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at 35. Sam Dum Miller from Northwestern. He's a defensive end. Uh, Zach Thomas from Appalachian State. Derek King, uh, quarterback for Houston. Defensive tackle uh, Channing Harns, Hams, Hams. Sorry, from Marshall. Uh, these are 98s until specified, until otherwise specified. <laughs> Sorry, the Oklahoma allergies just hit me in the face. So, if you hear me sniffling, I apologize. <laughs> uh, so these are the top 30 players. So cornerback Keith Washington, West Virginia. I don't know how you can rank that dude 98. Nobody from West Virginia played well yet this Saturday, period. Or the Saturday before, period. Uh, safety David Do, uh, Dowell. Dowell? Dole? Dowell? We'll say Dowell. Safety Dowell from Michigan State. Uh, Darian Kennard, offensive guard, Kentucky. Jared Willis, Alabama, offensive tackle. Defensive tackle, uh Trevin McSwain from Duke. These are the top 25 players moving forward. Uh, safety, Kevon Wallace from Clemson. Malcolm Coons from Buffalo, who's a linebacker. I'm going to not be able to say this guy's name, but he is a linebacker from Rutgers. Along, along, Coonley. Fatus. Fat, Fatuksasi. <laughs> Complicated name, alphabet name, linebacker from Rutgers. I apologize to him and his family. If you guys ever hear this, that's my bad. Chauncey Rivers, Mississippi State defensive end. Uh, Asmar Bilal from Notre Dame, linebacker. These are the top 20 players. Uh, Joven Swan from Stanford, defensive tackle. Marlon Davidson from Auburn. He's a defensive end. Tony Paul John from Central Michigan is tight end. Isaiah Kafusi from BYU, linebacker. Uh, cornerback Jef- uh, Josiah Scott from Michigan State. Cornerback uh, Demarcus AC from Missouri. And then everybody from this point on are rated 99 players. So these are the best players in college football last week. Um, this, yeah, this last. So week one. This sounds right. Week one. Yeah. So uh, Jordan Johnson from UCF. Uh, he's the center. Uh, offensive guard Jason Erdman from Wisconsin. Uh, Jimmy Morsey from Pittsburgh, who's the center. 
Uh, Stevie Hayes from Ohio is also a center, number 11. Uh, linebacker Mikal Walker from Fresno State. Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle from Georgia. Jevin Holland, uh, safety for Oregon. Uh, Jordan Fair from Appalachian State, who's a linebacker. Gage Cervinka, for offensive guard for Clemson. Amari Carter, safety for Miami. Uh, Jared Judy in Tuatunga Valoa for four and three. Then Kendall Hinton from Wake Forest is your number two wide receiver. And number one player from last week, according to this PlayStation player impact rating, Minnesota's wide receiver, Seth Green. So there you have it. Those are your top 50 players according to this. Interesting. Interesting to see. I don't agree with not putting an Oklahoma player in there like one Jalen Hurts. But... I guess we'll take a look and, and see how this stat progresses and see what they do with it. Um, I'd like to see the complete ranking on how they get it. I'd, I'd like to see the numbers as well because um, I think, you know, just holding those kind of things back from us doesn't really help us with trying to figure out who the best players in college football are. All right, so anyway, we've gone a little long here on this segment, so we're going to go ahead and take one more break here. Uh, I'm going to bore a lot of you on these next couple, uh, on this next segment, because uh, we're going to be talking track and field world ranking, uh, world rankings again, and who I think is going to win that uh, world's coming up. Again, that's coming up here at the end of the month. Uh, so if you guys want a, a really, really awesome athletic thing to watch, uh, hey, give that a give that a shot, please. Alrighty, so this been uh, the this has been the Major League Podcast here on Crossover Radio Sports and also on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Crossover Radio Sports, this has been Crossover Radio Sports, sports with a purpose. We'll see you after this break. podcast guys if you're listening on apple podcast breaker radio public google podcast pocket cast spotify or anchor hey thanks for giving me a listen y'all i appreciate it i really do and i know everybody else at my radio station on the sports side who are doing uh, sports as well would really appreciate it if you gave them a listen too so if you guys could do me a favor go to your app store or go to google play store download it, it's real simple here I'll, I'll pull up my phone i'll do it here with you live on the podcast that's the wrong google play i don't want to listen to music i want to download apps so all you need to do type in crossover radio c-r-o-s-s-o-v-e-r space radio r-a-d-i-o and you'll see two of them right at the top one will say Crossover Radio. Listen, download that one. We have fantastic shows on Crossover Radio. We really do. And the very next one below it is Crossover Radio Sports. Y'all download that too. 
Listen, we have fantastic guys that talk sports here on our radio station. We got some fantastic shows just on our crossover radio side. Listen, download both apps. Listen to fantastic people talk about fantastic issues or fantastic subjects. Not really issues, but they do ca- they do cover a lot of issues on the crossover radio side. They cover a lot of things, and I really really love our side of that radio station and then of course it's the sports side who can who doesn't love sports you guys have fantastic options in sports i mean you get to listen to for the next segment you get to listen to a guy named jacob major in oklahoma city oklahoma talk about world championships Coming up. How lucky are you guys? I mean, you guys get to hear about Selman uh, Berega from Ethiopia and how I think his 1253 5K is good enough to win nationals in Qatar. Oh, sorry, did I spoil my next segment here? How about I tell you Paul Chalimo is going to be the closest guy to get a medal for the United States. And he's also going to break the 12-minute or the 13-minute barrier this year. Just to put, put it in perspective of how good Selman Berega is, his 1253... The next closest person that I've seen so far looking through all the times this year has been 1257. So these guys are going to be all right there. There. They're going to be right there, right next to each other. Uh, No, that's not what I wanted. I was going to pull up the uh, fastest runs this year, uh, but it doesn't look like I could find it here. And if you hear a little shuffling, that's my dog in the background. He likes to walk in circles before he before he sits down. So, alrighty, here we go. This actually might be it. So this is the 100. I don't want the 100. I want... Not the 100. How do I filter this? Oh well, we'll ignore the rankings that way. We'll just keep to the rankings that we have, but... Um, like I said, Paul Chalimo, he's the best chance that we've got. Um, so, uh, best chance that we got to the medal. Outside of that, it's a bunch of uh, Kenyans and Ethiopians there uh, that are going to win this. So, that that's the way it always goes in these distance races there, and in the ten. And in the 10K as well, uh, when we look at it, um, 
you don't see a lot of guys double in this, but Paul Chalima is actually going to double in this because uh, he can, and he's actually that good at it. Uh, he has a 2743 on the year uh, for his 10K. Um, but Habos, Hagos, Gep, Gep, Rit, Rit, sounds right. Um, He's got the best time with 2701. Uh, Selman Baraga, he's going to be there as well. Uh, he might even actually win it. He might be my uh, favorite to win it. Uh, 2649 is his best on the year. Uh, but yeah, looking through it, I'm not finding a whole lot of guys that are running faster than that. Um, but. Like I said, it's these distance races. Uh, a lot of times, only come down to one or really just one or two. Can you stay in that group? And I know you guys are listening, going, "Well, don't you have a background music that I can listen to and just ignore you for track and field?" No, no, I don't. There's not music for track and field. They don't like track and field athletes. <laughs> Uh, but the 110 meter hurdles, uh, I would encourage you guys to watch this um, as Sergey uh, Shubin, uh, Shubinkov. Um, he's probably going to be the favorite to win it. Um, Orlando Ortega is fantastic at doing it. Omar McLeod, um, he's from Jamaica. He's awesome. Uh, Winjung, excuse me, uh, Winjung Z, he's he's really good. He's real solid. Uh, and then the American Daniel Roberts. Um, so that's probably going to be your top five there at, Nash- at Worlds as well. Um, but I would I would highly encourage you guys, listen, this, this World Championship is going to be full of fantastic athletes. And when, and when I say fantastic athletes, listen, there's, there's an, a real discussion between decathletes, 3,000-meter steeplechase guys, 800-meter guys, and 400-meter hurdle guys on which one is the hardest race. And listen, 400-meter hurdles, I would never attempt it. Carson Warhol, Ben, uh, Rye Benjamin, uh, Kyron McCaster, uh, Yasmini Capello, Allison Santos, Listen, those five guys that are in the top five in points right now, listen, I'm just going to tell you right now, this is a tough race to win. You have to be mentally ready for this race. You have to have the fast twitchies, as Max Kellerman has called them. You've got to be able to think on the fly. Listen, 400-meter hurdles is not an easy race. It's not an easy race at all. It's not a race that I I would ever want to run or ever attempt, or I wouldn't even be I, I wouldn't dream of doing that. That race is too difficult. Now a race I did want to try and I never got the opportunity was uh, the three thousand meter steeplechase. I just thought it looked like a fun race, be something I'd love to try. Uh, but Safani El Bacali. Where are you from? I don't recognize your flag. Morocco. He's from Morocco. So uh, 
he's currently the points leader. Um, he's got a best time of 8.04 in the 3,000-meter steeplechase, which is highly impressive. Um, next fastest guy behind him is 8.05. Uh, he's from Kenya. Uh, Benjamin uh, Kijin. And then uh, Getnet Wal, uh, Whale, Wally. Um, 8.05 as well. So listen, these these distance races, guys, they're packed. And Hillary Bohr, um, the U the U.S. guy who's who's right there, runs an 8:08. But listen, one of these leads lead guys jumps over the hurdle wrong, does the water jump wrong. Listen, you're right there. You can't ever, ever give up on these races at all. That's how in in these races that you guys watch, and I would. I really would encourage you guys watch these events. Watch this event that's going to be on, and I think NBC is going to host all of it. Guys, I, I I strongly encourage watching these track and field world championships. You guys are going to see the best of the best. You guys are going to see guys that are going to go out there and just give you everything as far as showmanship. They're going to give you um, world records. They're going to, hopefully, world records. <laughs> uh, they're going to give you stunning performances. You're going to look at a couple things. Listen, I went down to Austin for the for the national championships, and I was surprised. And I'm a track guy. Um, on some of the things that I saw, it was amazing. It was awesome to watch. I, I would recommend to anybody. Listen, it doesn't cost you any money to sit on your couch and watch a football game. It's not going to cost you any money to sit down and watch a track meet. And no, it's not boring. You can't sit there and watch it. Well, I'm going to be bored. Nah, you need to watch it. You need to watch the showmanship. You need to watch how these athletes compete. You need to watch how much they do to actually get in on these events and get in and do the things that they want to do. It's impressive. It really is. And I would highly encourage all of you to watch the track and field championships um, coming up. Listen, tomorrow we're going to go over the field events on the men's side. Or no, we're going to go over the same distance events. We're going to go over the uh, 5K, 10K, 100-meter hurdles. Uh, is it 100-meter hurdles for the women? I think it's 100-meter hurdles for the women's. Then the 400-meter uh, hurdles and the 3,000-meter steeplechase for the girls all as well. For the women, sorry. Um, we'll talk about them. Um, but going over all of it, um, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say um, Christian Coleman's going to win the 100. Um, I'm going to go with Noah Lyles in the 200. And the 400's tricky for me. I want to pick Ni Michael Norman, but Fred Curley looked really good in the U.S. Championships. But I think I'm going to stick with Michael Norman at a real close race. And that's a world record event right there. That's, that's a race that you watch and go, there might be a world record broken that game, in, in that race. And there might. There just might be. And if you guys ignore it, you're crazy. I'm going to go with Nigel Amos. Um, that's an easy pick for me. Uh, but the best of the best, and something you may watch for for an American record, is Donovan Brazier. Um, he may break the – he may. Hopefully he does. But he just may break the American record. Um, let me pull up what that record is real quick. I know none of you care. 
I know, I know a lot of you don't care, so it's <laughs> it's track and field. A lot of you are sitting there going, who cares? I care. All these athletes there care. And if you know somebody that sits down and watching track and field, point them my, my podcast. Um, but the American record for 800 meters is 142.60. And that we could be on American record watch. Why would you want to miss history? Why would you want to miss history would be my question for you on why you're not watching this. That's history. That's American history right there in athletics. Why would you want to miss it? Um, so, in, in moving forward, I'm going to take Timothy uh, Chariot as the uh, guy to win the 1500 meter, um, the 5000. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with Selman Braga, and I'm going to also pick him for the 10K as well. I think he pulls the upset on on Hagos, um, and I, I think he pulls it out. I think he ends up being the 10K champion in the 110 meter hurdles. I'm going to go with Orlando Ortega. Um, kind of off the wall, kind of not what you guys, kind of not what we expect as far as um, who we expect to win these things. Uh, but to give you an idea, Ser- uh, Sergei uh, Shubinkov, he is a Russian athlete, and he is an authorized neutral athlete, so meaning that in this segment where Russian athletes cannot compete for worlds or Olympics. He is allowed to compete. He is a certified yes. He is allowed to continue. Um, and then uh, what was the other? We got two more races here. So the 400 meter hurdles. I'm going to take the United States um, Rye Benjamin. I'm going to take him in a close, close, close race with Karsten Warholm. Um, I know their times, uh, and and I know Karsten um, is probably end up gonna win it. But I I just got a feeling with uh, Benjamin. I think with this training that he's gonna be getting, um, it could be it could be really really good for him um, to be in. I mean, he ran a forty six ninety eight. Karsten ran a forty six ninety two. So they were just right there. I'm going to take Benjamin in the Worlds. I think he's going to find a way to get that 0. .06, 0.06 seconds back and, and upset and win the win the race. Um, and then I'm going to take the Moroccan uh, Safane El uh, Bakali. I'm going to take him to win the 3,000 meters steeplechase. So um, that's those are my favorites. Um, just to remind you guys all that, I'll go over all of that again um, on Thursday when I talk about the the uh, field events and who I think are going to win those. And then tomorrow we'll talk about the women. I'll give you guys my, who I think is going to win. Um, I know you're going to sit there and go, well, you, yeah, you picked a lot of the number one guys. Yeah, you're right. I did because a lot of the number one guys are number one guys for a reason. So guys, we're going to take a break. If you're listening in on crossover radio sports, thanks for listening in. Thanks for hanging with me in this segment. Next segment, we're going to do a quick uh, baseball update. Um, cause we do have the end of baseball coming up. It is the last month of the regular season and then the playoffs start. So guys, this has been a crossover radio sports sports with a purpose. Um, this has been the major league podcast. If you're listening in on any of the, bro- uh, the podcast locations I mentioned earlier in the segment, thanks for listening in. See you here in a second. If you're on crossover radio sports, see you on the other side of the break. This has been the major league.
Major League Podcast. On Apple Podcast, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Anchor. Thanks for listening in. Those of you listening in on Crossover Radio Sports, welcome back. Those of you on those other podcast locations, if you can do me a favor, listen, we talked about it last segment. Open your app store, open your Google Play store. Crossover Radio Sports. Crossover Radio. Download both apps. Get all the 100% best shows that you'll listen to all day. We've had a pretty good show. We've talked about the NFL. We've talked a lot of college football. Talk some track and field. It's always a good day when you get to talk track and field. To all of you guys out there, listen. All you guys out there starting cross country this week, good luck. Nothing else matters, just finish the race. Some other program notes, if, you, if you're listening to the OT, um, and it sounds like last week's OT show, we didn't have a live show yesterday. Natural and DB were out doing their own thing. Saw it as an opportunity to spend more time with my wife today, last night. I don't get enough of those opportunities, so I took it, I ran with it, and I said, we're going to go buy $300, $400 worth of groceries because we haven't done that in my new house yet. <laughs> Nothing else matters but food. Delicious, delicious food. <laughs> Alrighty, and with that, um, we're going to jump and we're going to talk some baseball, guys. Um, it's the end of the season, and guess what? It means we're at the point to where the playoffs are about to start. A lot of you are going to start paying attention. And you guys should have been paying attention two months ago. I tried telling you. Listen, the American League side set New York, Twins, Astros. That's it. Those are your division winners. Cleveland might make it interesting with with Minnesota. They're five games out, but New York's got it wrapped up. Houston's got it wrapped up. Minnesota's almost got it wrapped up. They've got the... um, You look at the playoff potential for each of these, 99.9, 98, uh, 99.9, and 99.4. 99.4 is Minnesota. Listen, they're going to the playoffs. They're a lock. So are the Astros, so are the Yankees. See? See how quick that was. We go to the National League side, it's almost the same way. Los Angeles Dodgers, lock. Atlanta Braves, lock. St. Louis Cardinals, almost a lock. They finally got that 90... That 90-plus playoff percent chance, they're sitting at 94.5. 
better than the Cubs at 67.1, also four games up on the Cubs. If St. Louis plays this next week really well, listen, they're seven and three in their last 10. They play this next week real well. Cardinals are gonna win the National League Central. They told us pay attention. They did, they warned us, they said, hey, Pay attention to the Cardinals. They they might they might make a lot of noise. Listen, they got a three-game road stint with Colorado. It's Waka Hudson uh, Michaelis going against Colorado. You don't think Colorado Colorado is not in any kind of position? So you got to go up there. They're in a position where they're probably going to look for you know trying to lower that record a little bit so they can get a little bit better draft pick. I think that's how it works in baseball as well, too. So maybe get a little better uh, first-round draft pick next year so they might not go up and give you their best effort. So go up there and beat their brains out. Three games of nothing of just destroying Colorado. That's what the Cardinals need to do. And if they go 3-0... And that little, and that little, little bit there, that'll put them plus on the plus side in the away record. It's taken them all year to get there. They finally worked it out. They're gonna get there, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry, other Cardinals fans. They're gonna get there. They've got a really hard schedule to end the year. So they got the three games, uh, three game stint against Colorado. They got a three game stint against Milwaukee at home. They've got a three-game stint against Washington. Then uh, they got a four-game stint at Chicago, a three-game stint at Arizona, and then they finish the year three games, Chicago at home. And listen, these next three weeks of baseball, I'm guessing three weeks, let me look at the calendar. Three weeks of baseball will be the most fun baseball you'll watch all year. Because Colorado doesn't care, but if you're a fan of the Cardinals, that Milwaukee series, Milwaukee's close to the Cubs. They don't want to be losing. They're trying to catch the Cubs. Washington, they're still trying to catch the Cubs too. Listen, wildcard standings are tight. Don't believe me, here they are. Tampa Bay and Oakland. So those are your two teams in if the season ends right now. Cleveland is a half game back of Oakland, guys. Cleveland's going to be playing until the, the end of their season. They have a shot to make the playoffs. Here's the National League side. Washington's in. They're two and a half games up on the Cubs. They don't want to be dropping no games. They don't want the Cubs catching them. Then again, the Cubs can't be dropping no games because Milwaukee's back two games. Arizona's back two and a half games. Philly is back three games. Listen, if New York plays these last three weeks well, they could get in. They're only back, they're only back four games. So listen, this can still happen for those teams. This is why you play all 165 games. Because anything can happen at this point now. Listen, if you're a Cardinals fan, Colorado should be a nice little breathe-in moment. And then you've got a playoff push. You are playing playoff baseball from this point on. 
the four game series you have against the Cubs, that's going to be your determining factor of how well you're going to play in the playoffs, in my opinion. So the Cardinals have a lot to play for. The Cubs have a lot to play for. Atlanta has a lot to play for. Milwaukee has a lot to play for. So guys, we're at that point now to where baseball, if you don't pay attention to it, baseball's fun. It really is, I promise you guys. If you sit down and watch it, I promise you, baseball's fun. So we're gonna take a look over to the uh, statistics side of things. Um, give you guys who I think the uh, Cy Young winners, national, you know, national uh, most valuable player. Sorry, I don't know what I was trying to say. Batting average leader still Tim Anderson, 334, White Sox. Anthony Rendon for Washington, 337. Mike Trout, still your home run leader in the American League side with 45. He's day to day though with a with a leg injury. His uh, best player in baseball status is starting to wear on his body a little bit. Uh, the National League side, it's actually Pete Alonso with 47. Jose Abreu leads uh, the American League in RBIs with 112. Freddie Freeman at 116 for Atlanta. As we take a look over to the pitching side, Justin Verlander with 18 wins leads all of the American League. Over on the National League side, Steven Strasburg and Max Fried so far still tied at one, still going right at it. And right there with them, um, shockingly, is Dakota Hudson for St. Louis at 15 wins. I, I did not have that pegged for him. Um, before we get too much farther into other stats. It's Mike Trout with an 8.1 and Cody Bellinger with an 8.3. Wins above replacement. Garrett, uh, Justin Verlander is your ERA leader in the American League with 252. Followed really close by his uh, teammate uh, Garrett Cole at 273. Going over the National League side, uh, it's still Ryu for for uh, the Dodgers. Matt Scherzer's still right there, 250, uh, 245, 2.56. Strikeout leaders on the National League side, uh, Steven Strasburg, 2.22, Jacob DeGrom, 2.20. So all right there. In the American League side for strikeouts, 281 for Garrett Cole. It's a new lifetime best for him. Every strikeout he gets from here on out is going to be lifetime best for him. Justin Verlander at 264, by the way. Astros are going to be hard to beat. I'm just going to tell you guys that right now. They're going to be really, really hard to beat. When you look at war for pitchers on the American League side, it's Mike Miner for Texas at 8 point. There you go, the Rangers fans. There's your uh, bright point on the year. Matt Scherzer at 6 point. Uh, for Washington is your war leader. So it's going to be interesting to see. And when we, and as we look at saves, um, I'm pulling that up right now. It's uh, Kirby Yates for San Diego uh, with 40 saves. On the American League side, it's 36 for Araldis Chapman. 
So listen, guys, it's we're we're getting to the nitty gritty portion of it. In my opinion, you can't give the American League Cy Young to anyone not named Justin Verlander. It it has to go to Justin Verlander this year. He's been the best pitcher in the American League. National League, you actually have a discussion. Oh, could it be? Could it be Ryu? Twelve and five, two fifty-four, one hundred forty-two strikeouts, and one hundred sixty-one innings. What about Matt Scherzer with one hundred fifty-four innings? Ten and five, but he's got a two fifty-six ERA and he's two hundred sixteen uh, strikeouts. Maybe. Maybe they go back to Jacob DeGrom, 8-8, 276. 170 innings pitch. Mike Soraka for Atlanta, 11-4, 267. 126 strikeouts. To me, it's real simple. It go, you, I would give it to Matt Scherzer. Listen, he may not have the record that wows you, He's got a he's got a six war. He's the best pitcher in that category. He's got a 256 ERA. He, he's got two less starts, or six less, almost six less starts than everybody else, but he was also hurt. And still has 154 innings. Listen, this guy pitches really well. He's the best, in in my opinion, he's the best pitcher in the National League. It's not it's not Clayton Kershaw. It's not Noah Syndergaard. It's not Jacob Degrom. It's not Madison Bumgarner. It's not Steven Strasburg. It's not Miles uh, Michaelis or Jeff Samarja or or Ryu for the Dodgers. It's not Kershaw. It's not you, Darvish. It's Matt Scherzer. And he proves it every single year, and he should win it this year. Just like any year that you name anyone but Mike Trout the American League MVP, you're crazy. You're crazy. Mike Trout is by far the MVP of the league, in my opinion, of the league. Everything he did from the time his buddy died to about this point in the season, He's been dominant. He's been the most dominant player in baseball. You can maybe argue Christian Yelich. Maybe. You might have an argument with me on that. But listen, what Mike Trout's done, in the American League side at least, has been second to none. And for me, the National League is back-to-back. Gotta give it to Christian Yelich. Got a 330 average, 44 armors, 97 ribbies, 30 stolen bases. He's got an on-base percentage of 430. Now he has a zero war, but I'm not sure they've fully figured out how to get war integrated and everything. But that's just my opinion. So guys, there you go. They're they're my. Uh, we'll we'll talk more about this on Friday. 
We'll talk more. We'll talk more baseball on Friday if you're listening in on Crossover Radio Sports. Alrighty, guys. Well, this has been the Major League Podcast. I went over. I'm going to be a little over two hours. Don't yell at me, Nate. Um, but guys, um, this been this been fun tonight. Uh, it's been fun this morning. It's been fun talking sports. It's always fun talking sports. So uh, I'm going to say it again. Thanks for listening in to the Major League Podcast. Um, whether you've been listening in on Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or Anchor, any of those seven locations, thank you for listening in. And again, I'm going to ask you guys, go to your app store, go to your Google Play store, type in Crossover Radio Sports, download that app. You get awesome, cross- you get awesome sports shows all day. So guys, this has been the Major League Podcast here. Have a fantastic night. Have a fantastic day if you're listening on Crossover Radio Sports. Radio Sports with a purpose. I'll see you guys tomorrow.